Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for the week of August 13, 2023. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind announces a schedule change for its Friday night roundabouts. Beginning this coming Friday, in-person roundabouts will be from 4.30 to 8.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. Dinner will still be at 5 p.m., and we ask that you make your return rides between 8.30 and 9 p.m. The Zoom portion of the in-person roundabout, as well as the virtual roundabouts, will now begin at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time and end at 8.30 p.m. If you have questions about this schedule change, please give us a call at 502-895-4598. Here are some events coming up in the next few weeks. The South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind holds its social hour each Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. Central Time and from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on its Zoom line. Their speaker on August 16 is Ashley Elmore-Jones, Marketing Director for Horizon PACE of Bowling Green. PACE stands for Program of All-Inclusive Care for the Elderly and serves people on Medicare and Medicaid who are over 55 and who live in specific counties in Kentucky. Learn more about this new health care model by joining the South Central Kentucky Council of the Blind Zoom line, dial... 669-900-6833 and enter the code 763-689-4411. The Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind will hold its picnic in the park on Saturday, August 19, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Douthat Park on North Point Avenue in Jackson. Transportation to the park will be available from M. KCAP. For more information about the picnic, contact Ronnie Patrick, president of VKCCB, at 606-671-0226. The following calls are all on the KCB Zoom line. The number is 669-900-6833 and the code is 862-9889-6972. In-person events will be at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision invites you to its virtual Low Vision Support Group on Wednesday, August 16 at 8 p.m. on the KCB Zoom line. The last in-person Low Vision Support meeting in August will be at UCHM on Monday, August 28 from 1 to 2.30 p.m. Come to the support groups ready to ask questions and share tips, successes, and frustrations as you move along on your low vision journey. Both the Monday and the Wednesday group are sponsored by KCCLV and all are welcome to participate. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind invites you to come play bingo on August 18 at Roundabout. This is a hybrid event. We'll have dinner at 5. After dinner, we'll join the Zoom line at 6.30 for bingo. 
Be sure to call us in advance to let us know that you are coming to dinner and if you would like a carryout. The Tri-State Library users will have its book club and business meeting on Saturday, August 19 at 11 a.m. on the Zoom line. This month we are reading Lord of the Flies, available from Bard. We hope you'll be there to discuss the book and then help plan upcoming library-related activities. KCB Next Generation will hold its August program meeting on Thursday, August 24 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Zoom line. Anyone age 40 and under is urged to attend, and others interested in NextGen are welcome as well. For more information about Next Generation, call Joey Couch, President, at 606-216-8033. The Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association held its 77th Annual Conference and Reunion on Friday, July 29 and Saturday, July 30 in Louisville. At its business meeting on Saturday, a new constitution was adopted and a new board was elected. Officers elected for two-year terms were Kenny Jones, President, Debbie Dethridge, First Vice President, Bill Wright, Second Vice President, Deanna Scoggins, Secretary, and Carla Rushville, Treasurer. Directors elected for one-year terms were Joey Couch, Ashley Swafford, Kendall Perry, and Lonnie Swafford. The immediate past president was added to the board by the new Constitution, and Adam Rushville is the immediate past president. Mike Coffey, Assistant Principal of the School for the Blind, was the speaker at the Cloyd Oaks Barbecue on Friday evening. He was introduced by Kenny Jones, president of the alumni, and he began his presentation by inviting attendees to share what the school meant to them. He addressed issues such as attendance, funding, physical improvements at the school, and more. Listen to his remarks on page 2. The theme for the weekend was music, and so Michael and Angie McCarty led a lively round of Name That Tune. The winning team consisted of Tom and Kathy Arnold and Denise Gill. Sound Prince comes to you 12 times each week on ACB Media 1. Our broadcast times are Sunday at 8 p.m., Monday at 8 a.m., Tuesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m. and 4 p.m., Thursday at 10 p.m., and Friday at 1 a.m., 10 a.m., and 1 p.m. Listen to ACB Media One using the ACB Link app on your iPhone or on your Alexa device by asking her to open ACB Media and then choosing number one when prompted. You can also listen on your Victor Reader Stream by searching for Soundprints in the Victor Stream database or listen on the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Listen anytime, 24 hours a day, on the KCB Information Line by calling 773-572-6318. For more information about Soundprints and to request a free subscription on CD, playable on any standard CD player, call the Kentucky Council of the Blind at 502-895-4598. Page 2. 
We are fortunate enough to have uh, Mike Coffey, the assistant principal of uh, KSB. I'd like to tell you something, a little bit about Mike. One thing that half of you all will appreciate, I don't know about the other, but, uh, you know, he, you know, when I, uh, I don't know how many years ago I met Mike. How many years have you been principal there, assistant? About seven. About seven? But whenever I first met him six or seven years ago, one thing that we, you know, found that we have in common. Bells up. Can you, yes, yes. We are both avid University of Louisville fans. Yeah, I knew that they would... We'd have a mixed response here. But, but we do have one, but we all have one thing in common, all of us, and that is uh, the Kentucky School for the Blind. So that is all we can give a big cheer for. Go Wildcats! The red and white Wildcats! Only. One thing when I always when I when I you know would meet with Mike, he would talk about all the improvements that were taking place at the school, and there are many exciting things that good positive news that uh, that's going on there, and um, and that's been over the years. So we're going to bring Mike forth here to just share some of the highlights of this past school year. So if we can give a big KSP alumni welcome to Mike Coffey. Thank you, Kenny Cardinal. All right. Um, so I want to start off with a question, though, for you all. And what I want to try to get at is, because with a group of alumni, it's really good to hear the what things meant to folks through the different decades. Uh, because when you get a group with a wide range of years and experiences at the school, um, I like to be able to kind of hear from you all. And so I'm going to ask, do we have any graduates from current back to 2010? All right, so I'm coming to you. You'll be the first one to hear this question. The other people are going to have to answer too, possibly. All right, here's a question for you. What is an enduring memory KSP. Okay, this is Samantha Hubbard, the graduate from 2011. Come down by now. Um, actually, one of my roommates got to across the table from me. I will tell you, uh, some of y'all probably remember this. Uh, Jerry Ennis, oh my goodness, he me. The butter butterfly that was a fire, the butterfly fire, and so many people would never, never stop going that. And one thing I will remember very much, though, is that I learned how to have it advocate for myself. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 2000 to 2010. That was a good day, Joey. 1990 to 2000. Joey, Joey, Joey. Joey? 97. Ooh, got a few. All right. 91. So I'm going to ask the same question to those folks. Is something you picked up there, a skill, a life skill, just a lesson learned, things like that, that have stayed with you through these years? All right, Brad? I'm checking that to you. What's that? 
Well, I graduated in 96. Those of you who may not remember, during the time, um, uh, Dorothy Nolan was my voice teacher. And one of the things that I learned was that when singing, it takes a lot of breath support. Actually, I just grabbed my own microphone. Sorry. <laughs> Some people privilege over here. Yes, I'm a proud graduate of KSB, class of 1997. Just got my 25-year pen last year. I know I'm getting old. Um, but some of the best things that I, I took away from my time at KSB is my independent spirit, because I'm, I'm an independent person. I'm self-sufficient. I know how to speak up for myself. I, I can live independently. Um, of course, I'm married. I have stepsons. I have a grandson. I have my own home, you know, and, and um, I learned so many things at, at KSB about um, independence and living an independent life as a visually impaired person, and that's probably one of the most important things I took away from KSB. And of course, being able to participate equally in sports and music and so many things. So um, I think I'll just end it with that, because I could talk about so many things, but I want someone else to have a turn. Thank you, Angela. <laughs> so children of the 80s, Okay, for me, back in the 80s, we were there, uh, we didn't go home every weekend. We only went home once a month, and then it went to every other weekend. So we also had a lot of camaraderie, and you got to know each other more so. And especially the trips uh, were always fun. Uh, wrestling trips, track trips, swim trips. Uh, they felt team skills, uh, team atmosphere. That's good I feel like uh, when you won, like when in the NCAA is wrestling and stuff, that was something that everyone was proud of. Uh, I remember doing that with Ricky Moore and Roger and all of us winning the NC. And that was something that everyone, you just felt like when you came back to school, you everyone held their head high and everyone was super proud of it. Talk about other skills, uh, I remember when we had... Uh, Woodworking shop there, and I yep. still use those skills a lot today, even yep. at home. So I'll stop there. All right, other eighties. Here we go, Debbie. Yeah, this is this is Debbie Detheridge, and for me, I was a day student until my freshman year, and went to my parents and said, "I want to stay on campus because it's where my friends are, and they knew that I was involved in sports and." For me, one of the things I remember uh, and still has helped me today is Carolyn Richardson working with us in the independent dorm um, and learning how to cook. And back then, we had to plan meals for the week. We were allowed one easy meal uh, a week, but the others, we had to cook and learn how to uh, keep up the dorm. Um, one time when we got called to Ricky Ricks, when we set off the fire alarm, uh, that, uh, that didn't go too well, but he's like, what were y'all doing? Well, we were cooking. That happened lots of times. So, but um, it was, you know, I was involved in sports, um, and um, so it was, you know, scouting. I mean, it was a great experience, and still have a lot of friends today, and still a lot of good memories. Others 80s? Want to share something? Yeah. Go ahead. No. Okay. What I like back then, when we we uh, we were the, like the first people that got mainstreamed into uh, going to vocational school and, and going to uh, public school, and and uh, no, some of them went to different trades. And I, I took horticulture, and some were going to uh, carpentry, and some were going 
woodwork and uh, and I just you know I wish they could bring back the vocational school because that was that was really neat. We really enjoyed doing that. And uh, and I can say something about sports. Uh, in 1980, we went to the nationals and I won the national and I got picked to be on the Olympic team. In 
was lacking in regards to his academic preparation. <laughs> the most, probably the biggest lesson that I learned was from Larry Mann. All of you all know Larry Mann. Yes. The man never failed to tell the truth regardless. In one of his many speeches that we named, that we numbered at times, he would go around and tell us that in order for you guys as blind people to succeed, you can't only be as good as the person looking in, in he would talk about jobs and career. You didn't only need to be as good, you needed to be better as blind people. And he learned to be, and he said, well, and you need to even be better because you've got an extra strike against you. You're not only blind, but you're also black. Now, what would a teacher that did that today, what would happen to them? But that was the that was the greatest lesson that I learned that helped me to go on to college, and it was my goal to not only be as good but better, and it served me well. And you did, Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. That was good. 50, 60. All right, I, I do not have a wireless at this time. We're working so, on wireless. Use your teacher voice. And project. So, Deanna, I'm going to start with you. All right. Well, I, a lot of the things that have been said are skills that I learned in KCB independence, confidence, um, mobility. I was so happy when I could walk from, from KSB to Clifton Baptist Church. I don't know that I ever did it by myself, but I knew it could be one. I, I, I had all good intentions to do it, but then I'd be really busy on Wednesday night. I would be going by. But anyway, I knew I could. But I did walk to convenient lots of times. But the other thing I want to tell you is I want to connect us with Mike Coffee because the first time I met him, I was walking into KSB to Bill Roby Olympics. And there he was, and he said, hi, I'm Mike Coffee. Where, what, where, how can I help you? Where do you want to go? And I told him that I want to go to the track, and we did. And he was just so warm and cordial, and I appreciate that. And I've always appreciated that. He, he helped with graduation not too long ago, and he was just right there. Didn't say a lot to us, but he was right there. He's always right there, so he's a good guy to have around. Amen. I like being in the background. Amen. It's a much better place to be than in the morning. So I do have a point to all that of all you're all sharing. I'm going to get to that towards the end of my little talk. Adam, right over here. All right, so um, I asked Kenny kind of what to touch on besides uh, L's football season and <laughs> eight wins that are coming this year, um, including that final regular season game. <laughs> so, um, Kenny, we got tailgate sometime. Remind me of that. Okay? So, all right, so uh, Kenny kind of said just a few things for me to kind of touch on, sort of highlight um, about what's, uh, what's currently happening in school. Uh, student enrollment. Uh, we stay pretty consistent year to year with our numbers right now. Uh, we're right in that range of just about 70 students typically. Uh, the big shift that's taking place, and this is my seventh year there, and this is national. This is not just a KSB thing. Um, the big shift that's taking place is many more students who are 
that term vanilla blind, but pretty much just a visual impairment or things like that, they don't come to us nearly as much anymore. Um, they are, there's more TBIs in the state, teachers are visually impaired, uh, there's more technology out there, and districts feel like they can meet those students' needs on their own. They don't need to send them somewhere else. The students we're getting are much more uh, twice exceptional or more. Um, they have a visual impairment and other things that might be hindering their learning. Might be autism. Um, it, you know, we have a number of MSD students now. Um, our student population has shifted a great deal just in my time there. And that's a trend you're seeing across the nation. And you might say, well, where are these students coming from if they weren't there in the past? They think how many more preemie babies are surviving. And those preemies then, they do survive and they have, and then they go forward, but visual impairment is part of their life along with other disabilities. And so the, that's a big part of our growing part of our population. Uh, that's probably the biggest shift in our population that we've had. Um, to, as far as grade levels, we're getting, at least when I first started there, and Denise, you can speak to this too. Um, good to see you, Denise. It's been a while. Um, so, are you come sub for us? No. When I first started there, we just had a handful of students in elementary. Really, like no more than about six, maybe seven. Uh, in the last couple of years, we've had close to 20. So we're getting a lot more students in the younger grades, and then those are students that are going to stay with us for a longer period of time. And so I can see down the road us continuing to grow, because a lot of times once we get those students, we're keeping them, and they're staying with us until our middle school classes are starting to get bigger. We know that's eventually going to lead to our high school classes getting bigger. Besides, students just transferring in. Um, just this week, I think we've had four students join KSB. Uh, there's another meeting in a day or two. So I mean, we keep adding kids in, and, and you know, I think part of it is just getting that good news out there that we are a good place to be. Um, and you know, we have good folks in outreach and all that, but we always try to invite people to come in to visit the school also. Um, and kind of see what we are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, last year we did have a large group of students graduate, probably the biggest group we've had graduate. I want to say there's about 10 students. A couple of those are coming back to kind of continue on past 12th grade, uh, but that's a really large class. Uh, this year we have about four, so you know, for us it's that thing when you get a big group that graduates, and you only have 70 kids and 10 of them graduated, you gotta replace them. And, and, uh, but, but still, we are a line item in the state budget, so we get the same amount of money no matter how many students we have. Uh, and I prefer making it stretch and go as far as we can, uh, but that's, that's kind of our student population. Now, we've stayed pretty stable over the last couple of years. If anything, I think back to when I first started there back in 2017, I believe, uh, we've grown in numbers of students. Um, and is can, we're kind of on that pace right now, and you can see it being able to grow even more in the future. The days when we, there were 140 students there and things like that, I don't know if it'll ever get back to that, just because of that shift. And we think about our decline in enrollment, you look at KSD, their decline in enrollment is much more significant. They're down around what our numbers are right now. And they were, you know, two, 300 previously. So they're, they're gone quite a bit down as far as those numbers. Um, physical plan. Uh, Kenny kind of touched on this. So back when COVID hit and uh, funding became available through ESSER funding, um, Elementary and Secondary Education Recovery Act. Uh, so ESSER funds were a big bunch of money that went to schools all across the country. And it was to be able to upgrade HVAC, to be able to address shortcomings in learning and all those things. John Aaron, who's in charge of our physical plan. If you've never had a chance to meet John, you'll like John. 
He is on it. He is former military. He's very organized, and he moves things forward. Um, he definitely has a plan, and put it this way. So just as a little snapshot, using all those fundings and things like that, by the end of this summer, or at least by the hopefully fall, um, some of these projects are getting a little delayed. Every building on campus will have a new HVAC system. Every building on campus will have new plumbing. They'll all have new roofs. Uh, they will all have, um, let's see, Evans Dorm is getting completely redone. It was already in the process of getting redone. Then when that hard freeze hit, hit last winter, uh, pipes burst. And so we got even more things to redo. So, uh, But we got more money because it was insurance. Um, the um, uh, Evans Dorm is fully redone. Rec Center, there's a movie theater now. The bowling alley is hopefully going to get redone here for too long. Because the biggest thing with the bowling alley is trying to find a pin center. Nobody services those, and nobody much makes them. Yeah. And so it's really difficult trying to find somebody who's going to come in and do that little piece. Uh, but physical plant-wise, um, John Aaron is all over it. it, it we are, it's going to be a different campus by the end of next summer. And why I say the end of next summer? All ESSER funding dries up the end of September 2024. If you don't spend it, you lose it. Guarantee you we're going to spend it. Um, so, uh, so we will use all that funding that we are allotted, um, and so that's by the end of that time. Now, if you come on campus, uh, especially in the evening, some you might hear roofs getting worked on. Um, you, you, it's it's going to be a constant cycle of things getting worked on on campus all the way through this school year. Uh, we always try to minimize the impact of what's going to be on students, of course. Um, and it's, we've been able to pretty well work around that. And also, we got a new playground this last year. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, that was a, quite a while in the making and getting there. Uh, but a new playground was put in for our students, along with the track resurfacing. And yeah, lots of projects on campus. Um, the programs. Um, so, you know, we still have all of our career pathways. Um, you know, Kentucky Department of Education uh, requires schools to have certain pathways students can bond up, follow. Uh, we have uh, the work program. Um, we also have the uh, computer programming. Um, there is uh, for reading, uh, and just speaking specifically around content areas, we have a new curriculum for uh, kindergarten through grade eight. Um, and that is partly through ESSER funding, but also just when we look for things, there are certain websites you can go to that are going to be outside research on what's quality, but then we also got to see is it accessible? Understand the state gives us no money for textbooks. We don't get any funding necessarily for textbooks just from the state. We are able to use other funds that we have. I know we get some money from KIMRC and other places uh, that we're able to go and purchase items, especially since Braille is so much more expensive and things like that. But what you'll notice more and more is a lot of things are open source created, um, meaning experts come together, build a curriculum, and open it up for everybody to use for free. Okay. And what we're able to get then, we're able to get the R. I'm gonna make sure I'm, I might be wrong. Oh. So, uh, I've been off work for like a few weeks, and you forget all the acronyms after just a few weeks. Uh, but the Braille files, we're able to get the Braille files so that we're able to then, if we need to, to print off certain things in Braille. Um, they all open it up so we can make large print if we choose to, and things like that. Um, the um, oh, um, in dorm, we've added an ECC instructor along with Rec. So it's a slash job. Uh, we've also have a new dorm director, uh, Bruce Blanton. Um, I've met him a couple times. He is really kind of just now getting started up with everything here at school. Um, I was talking back here to my fellow 88 graduate. Not, I wasn't a KSB grad, sorry. Uh, but we were talking about um, 
uh, getting scouts up and going again, which is a wonderful thing. My son was an eagle back in the day, and I would love to be able to get things like that. Ashley, we were talking also about. So, so it's something I'm going to be talking. I'm going to be talking to them about and see if we can get something in that put in place. Um, and the other reason when you start thinking about, I just sorry, I was making random notes on my phone. My daughter had her wisdom teeth taken out this morning. So while I was at the doctor's office, I was writing out like what I wanted to say. Just be glad she's not giving the speech. So, along with the oxycodone. So yeah, she's really. Uh, uh, but uh, the other thing that makes it challenging now when you start looking at materials is the state updates standards every six years. Okay, so every six years standards are revisited. They are possibly tweaked. Change updated. Think about that when you're purchasing materials. If you're going to go out and buy materials to use, it means every six years, every, actually every year, you need to set a fund because this year's science. You need to go buy new science things. Next year's social studies. We need to go buy social studies. Oh, in two years is math. We need all new math. Right after that's English. So in other words, instead of always chasing that ball that you don't have enough money to chase, it is about finding those other sources where you can go get materials that are meaningful to your students, still meet the standards, and still push them academically. Okay, just as some of you all said. You know, back in the day there were, you know, I grew up with the basils where if you did page 124 and 125 the day before, what were you going to do the next day? Page 126. Got it. Right, right? And then the even numbers were in the back of the book. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so, I mean, that's that's what I grew up with with materials. Those things are still somewhat there, but there aren't many basils anymore. It, it is a lot of just pulling from different sources. And, I, you know, as far as I'm the instructional lead for the building, and so for me, it is a lot about helping teachers find those places and then how they can use them. I'm not going to give people fish all the time, I'm going to try to teach them how to fish and then giving them the tools they can do to how to reach kids. And I think one of the big challenges that exist is when you get a fifth grade group moving up to sixth grade, those middle school teachers are learning about them. What do, we, what do they need? You can talk to the other teachers all you want in elementary, but it's not necessarily going to carry over. And what do we need to do to help those students at that level? Same thing when those students move up to ninth grade in high school. So, but it is a benefit having people in house that already know those kids. Um, <laughs> academic achievement. So all of our student test scores kick back to uh, their home districts and their home schools, okay? So while our students do take Kentucky Summative Assessment, which used to be K-Prep, which used to be CATS, which used to be, right, they change the test every couple years. I hate comparing. You really can't compare this year's test to a previous year's test because it's different standards. It's different ways they've asked the questions, everything. So what I did, and I'm, already, I'm working on our recertification through a group called Cognia, and one of the things they wanted to know is how are our students achieving. So what we did is we looked at IEP goals for April and May, that those, those arcs that occurred then, and how many IEP goals were met. And what we did is we saw that 103 of 106 goals were met. The three that weren't were because we needed to modify it on two of them, because after we kind of got more information and monitoring, they were adjusted. And the third one, the kid was absent all the time. So. That, so we so we feel pretty good that we're able to really monitor student goals and where they're going. I hate saying you know, IEP goals is what we look at to measure ourselves, but it's hard to measure when you're looking at this constant well standards changing and the test changes and then you know IEP goals. And trust me, I know for our parents and our students, 
and for me too, who like I'm going to be an empty nester here in about three weeks. My kids have gone through K-12 and all that. I can't. I could care less how my kids did on that Kentucky test in the spring. I really could. I'm more, much more concerned about do they have a passion? Do they have a voice? Right? Can they get some things figured out? They want to be able to speak up and be their own person. And, and so for me, that's always much more. And you know, for IEPs and things like that, that's what's going to help us drive our kids to be able to reach what their goal is, and the next one, and the next one, along with the academic standards. Um, athletic achievements. I reached out to Jess Belcher. She's our athletic director. Uh, how many of you all know Jess Belcher? Those of you who don't have your hand up, you are missing out. I'm just telling you. Jess is awesome. Um, she's one of our OM teachers right now, and she also does the athletic director's job. Uh, she's in charge of the like multi-state area that we are a part of. She's the head athletic director for all of those athletic directors. I asked her, so what should be some highlights? Her quote. I guess we host a wrestling conference, and we'll be hosting swim and forensics in April. Uh, we'll be able to update the track and resurface. And I added this. Uh, we had a bowling team last year. There's one of our bowlers back there. Cam? Yeah. All right. I started the bowling team. Now, we weren't able to do it on campus. That was probably one of the biggest disappointments. We were hoping we could do it there. I think the biggest thing, though, last year was more of a return to normalcy. We were able to go on away events more easily because state to state COVID restrictions were different. Um, and so last year really was our first time we could have quote unquote a normal athletic season. Uh, much more than we've had in the last couple years before that. Uh, music. Um, so Tabitha Rohr is retired. So she finished up her time at KSB. She did retire. We have a new music teacher. Um, Emily Campbell's her name. Uh, so I don't know any dates yet when performances will be. But last year, Tabitha, knowing that she was kind of on either an exit stage right, she had, we have two, uh, we call them the music guys, um, Brian White, Wade Honey. Uh, they guitar, piano, do individual lessons with students. They're the ones that really helped organize and plan the um, student concerts. And so that kind of got them ready to be able to pass that information along then to Emily, for her to be able to give her insights. I really don't know any dates yet for anything like that related to when those will occur. Uh, but you can almost count on, you know, the, the holiday one. Uh, we are not in school that last Friday before Christmas. Our last day will be that Thursday. We didn't really want to be in school, I think, the 22nd or 23rd. It was like, ooh, nice uh, so, so we did change up a little bit of that. But there will be concerts and things like that, but we don't have that really set. So why did I ask you all those questions Hmm. This is the biggest reason. I, I've been there seven years now at KSB. I, I'm blessed to be there. I really am. And our students, when they get to us, especially if they come from other places, they realize two things. Two things I, that, that I notice. One, oh my gosh, you get me. Mm -hmm. yeah. You get who I am. You, you understand the struggles I've had. Maybe you understand that I was bullied in my old school. It gives them a little bit of a sense of hope, sense of belonging, sense that they have a place that connects to them. And they develop those connections. So you get me. The second thing they realize is, oh my gosh, you're going to make me work. <laughs> and, and, and for some, they have just been passed along through school until they get to us. Yep. 
They, they have not had any real expectation set on them. They weren't really placed in a classroom that met their needs. But that's where they were. And they'll get to us as a sophomore in high school. Never had to do anything for themselves up to that point in time. Never. That is criminal. At least to me it is. Now, that's not the assistant principal saying that. That's a dad saying that. Okay? Because I still like my job, and I'd like to be able to stay employed at KSB. Um, but you get me. You're going to make me work. You're going to make me do things that I might not be comfortable with. You're going to give me those life skills for later. Because when you all were saying about, I found connections. I found people that pushed me. I found people that gave me hope for later. I found people that gave me skills I could use at a later time. I promise you, those kids we got coming in now, they start seeing that themselves pretty darn quickly. You get me? Oh my gosh, you're going to make me work. <laughs> Those are the two biggest things that I notice when they come in. And that's why I kind of want to get to ask you all, because truly this is the, you know, the, the wealth of knowledge that exists from being in a place and living life and going through things and then being able to share those things back are invaluable. So um, I, I don't, Kenny, you said some might have a question. I, I might not be able to answer it. Um, but I can try. So, all right, I'll come up here. Well, to me, uh, Mike, that is, that's a great observation. That really is. And it is. It's always been that way. Really is. It is. Um, and and is. you're right, Deanna. I mean, I think we could look at any decade. Yep. And that, that, that statement would be uh, true. Um, does anyone have any questions for Mike? Just raise your hand. Bill, um, Bill Wright. Um, I would like um, a little update on the uh, on the gym. You did not mention the gym for for improvements and the music building. All right. So, uh, Jim, I know HVAC new roof. Uh, they put in a tankless water heater because the water heater they had you could fit a submarine in. Yeah. It's huge. Um, the Pool is a no-go. I know some people have asked about that through the years. That is one of those things that is a KDE hard no. What, what uh, for mold, and, and that's a KDE above my pay grade kind of thing. <laughs> um, way above my pay grade. Um, and I, th I think a lot of it is their concern is liability. That's what I've heard. Is that if they put a pool in and then if something happens and, you know, so I, I, I do not know. Uh, music building. Music building. Well, can I mention another thing about the gym? Go for it. Um, and I don't know the last time some of you all been in there, but even way, way back to the time that I know a lot of you were in there, the water fountains were horrible. Yes. yes. I mean, disgusting. There are brand new water fountains in there now. You, you can actually take a drink in there and feel comfortable. And I think uh, John's done that all over the uh, campus, if I'm not correct. John, John calls that um, Operation Neptune. <laughs> uh, so, so John sends out these long emails with all the updates on what's happening around campus. And when he does, like everything has 
a name to it of like some Greek god or something like that. So yeah, I think he does that for his own entertainment. But yeah, it, it's been that's what I'm saying. Like all the plumbing, all the everything's been done. Music building, music building. When they started trying to redo the HVAC system, I understand the HVAC has not really been functional for about the last dozen years, if not 15. Um, the uh, when they looked at it, what had been done before was true MacGyver. Um, as far as the HVAC, um, it was just kind of bits and pieces of this and that. Nothing really matched. That's why it didn't work. Um, now, so what they've done is they've been able to go in and they found out what they could still keep and be able to add to that to be able to get the HVAC system working again. They put all new carpet and tile in everywhere. Uh, they uh, mold was not as bad as maybe what they first thought, but when they did work about 20 years ago on that building, when you lay brick, you gotta put seep holes in. I mean, you gotta have a little gap so that if moisture gets in, it, things can seep out. They never did that. So it was built wrong from the beginning. So they were able to go back in and then basically add seep holes to the building. Uh, this was back last fall. Uh, HVAC is gonna be working, put this way, currently, it should be by September. HVAC should be fully functioning. An email just went out today. He was hoping it'd be all set for start of the school year, uh, but that's not going to happen. They've run into some issues with it. I don't know what those are, um, but the music building will be up and operational and functional. The main auditorium, um, they did take some seats out, mainly for wheelchair accessibility, uh, but that is going to... Now, still going to have the orange paint. Um, from you know the retro paint and all that, uh, but as far as everything else with the building, um, it has been updated. The cafeteria is getting an entire new floor. And it's going to have a design in the middle. Um, you, 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 you can get like your garage floors done with this epoxy seal that then you can put a design on it. It's going to be something like a big KSP logo in the middle of the cafeteria floor. Oh, that's cool. And so, so that's going to get done because that floor has been bubbly and everything else for a long time yep. since I've been there. And so that got done also. But yeah, um, Jim is getting there. I know what they're hoping to maybe do is set up, because the rec center is also getting major updates too as far as the circulation of air and everything else. That, that might become like a permanent go ball location. And then the gym could be used for other things like during the day. So when we have events, teams could be at the different locations. You could have multiple things happening. And so it's, yeah. That makes sense. Yep. And if I could mention one more thing that, uh, and, and I don't know if this has occurred and you can let me know, but I know when I spoke with John, he said it possibly that it was in the works. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone's taken a shower there since the 90s. <laughs> the shower was in bad shape. Do you, know, um, do you know if that was... Yeah, yeah, all the showers in the gym. Like, this way, everywhere, this way, every fixture, everything has been redone. And so, so we've had a lot of, all the sinks in the classroom buildings. I mean, I went into mine the other day. It's like one of the big ones with the big nozzle that comes up and pulls out and everything. I mean, so yeah, er everything has been um, updated and redone. Mike, where's your office? My office is now what they call, they call it the birdcage. It's the one that faces uh, Franklin yes. Avenue. Yes. When you go straight across the bridge, you, go, you run straight into it. Oh, uh, my yeah. office in the past had been, 
They call it the birdcage. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's I, called I, the nest. I call it the pickleball It is as big as a pickleball court, and I'm uh, just waiting when I can get people out of there long enough and I can... Practice. <laughs> Gotta work on that serve. Gotta work if, on that serve. If I may, since I have a mic in my hand. So, so we, we moved a few classrooms around. Um, and, and put this way, when we moved classrooms this last year, we started meeting. We asked anybody who wants to come by, um, all different grade levels, anybody who wants to come by and talk about, we're thinking about moving some, well, we are looking at space for next year because we knew we were going to try to move to the student store uh, in Bow Mullins, try to find them a place that would be able to lock up easier and stuff like that. And so then we got a group of people came in, and they, it wasn't us driving it. I mean, the teachers are the ones who have to own it. And so they came in, and we ended up now, we have pretty much all, we do have all the elementary classrooms all in one hall over in um, the Scoggins building. And it is, uh, we have, um, yeah, and we still have, we were able to get the, um, our MSD class in elementary grew so fast, so quick we had to um, take the sensory room and move it to an empty classroom, or create an empty classroom, and put the sensory room there and move the elementary MSD classroom into the sensory room, which is a pretty big space. Because it grew so fast, they had so many kids in there, and there wasn't enough room. Uh, so now we're able to make some other adjustments, and it, it, it'll work out. It'll be a good setup for this year. Um, yeah, go for it. Uh, so you mentioned the no-go on the poll, which I think we all pretty much knew that. but. So that's a bummer, aw. But what are they doing with that area? Are they going to fill it in and do something different with it, or for what area? The pool what, area. What the pool area is, because that's a huge area. Is, is there a plan for something different? Maybe? What is again? The pool. The pool. The pool. Oh gosh, the pool. No, yeah. I do not know. Okay. Uh, I've heard anywhere from A to Z myself. I know. I have two. That's why I was, I was wanting this. Yeah, it's not my ones. monkey, not my circus. Yeah, it's cool. I, I do not know that. I mean, it's. I, I mean, it's one of those things that. A lot of people are going to have ideas for it, but yeah. it depends on what the state's willing to do about it. None of the extra money was set aside for it. We were looking to try to do that. We had a nice big pot of this money to be able to use to improve things, and the state shut there all that down and said, no, you can't do that. So, um, and we know what funding's going to look like end of September 2024. It's going to go back to what it had been before, yeah. where we don't have enough necessarily to keep up with all the physical place, things happening on campus. Yeah, I was just... Um, because so. it's such a huge area, I just wonder oh, if yeah. there's a different it, it's, it's, it's a big area. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a neat area. I mean, I, yeah. I have ideas too, but it's yeah. not, you know, it, all that stuff's been closed down. So. Fill it in, do something with right. it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to the next one. You know, I know there's safety, safety, safety about the kids. Uh, are they going to secure the campus? In, uh, I know there's, there's a lot of homeless people around here. I'm sure y'all probably had to chase them off too, but. I just wonder what the plan is for that. We now have an SRO, a school resource officer on campus. He's a St. Matthews police officer. He will be on campus um, whenever we're in session with students. Uh, we do have three shifts of also security people who are on campus watching all the cameras. Uh, we have, we've added a lot more cameras and a lot more lighting. Uh, you go down on campus now, like in that main circle where all the buses are, really anywhere on campus. Uh, we've added a lot of LED lighting which is very bright and shows everything. In the past, we kind of had those yellowish bulbs that kind of hide things, you don't see that much. Um, so, and as far as sh like closing off the campus, um, it, it is getting, a, they're, they're shutting down a lot more parts and pieces of the campus. I know uh, Debbie had a concern about that a while ago to me. Um, and, but it is one of those things where 
we are um, always trying to look to improve it. You know, I mean, and the biggest thing that you can always think of is to see something, say something. And, and we hammer that with everybody. Um, I'm always there pretty early. Um, now that um, now that Denise doesn't take care of subs, I'm the one who takes care of that. So I get there super early to be the sub person and getting all those plans ready. Um, so I'm usually there about 6.30 every morning. I usually try to walk the campus a little bit, kind of get out there and see where things are at. Um, but our SRO will be starting the school year, a school resource officer. We've been trying to get one of those for three years now. Um, and they're like a unicorn. When you find one, have it, you know, there, there just aren't that many of them out there. So, but no, we, we are, and I mean, put it this way, it's, as a parent, the most important thing for you, you want a school to be able to do is keep your kids safe. Now, after that, yes, educate them, move them ahead, da, da, da. they got to be safe. And, and we're very aware of that, and um, it, given where we're at, you know, whenever we have um, students, like, transitioning between periods, usually we have somebody out there just kind of keep an eye out. Seeing what's around, uh, we do have situations where people show up and they're not welcome. Um, but we have a good relationship with uh, our local uh, police uh, post and all of them, so we're able to use it. If something does happen, we call them pretty quickly. Um, and then there's been a few incidents, you know, over the last year and a half down in that area with shootings or things like that or other things, and we'll go on either a hard lockdown or a soft lockdown, that type of thing. Um, and then we just do our drills and practice. So. Yeah, no, we, we want to make sure they're safe. Uh, you have something, Debbie? One more question, and, right. and we've got to move on. Paul's got a question, too. Um, who is in charge of the uh, PSSO? And I was wondering if maybe the alumni might you know, kind of uh, do some joint you know, activities with them. PSO is, I, I know the, I know the yeah, student's it's name. I'm trying to remember mom's name. It's, it's no longer Brett Nacker. Oh, it's, it's not. Jessica. Mike. Mike. It's Jessica. Jessica. Johnson. Uh, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Jessica Johnson. Yes. Thank you. EJ. Uh, I knew EJ. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. All right. One more. Quick. Hey, what, what is that? I'm sorry. The, 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 School resource officer. It is a police officer on campus. Um, he's a St. Matthews police officer. He'll be there in uniform. Um, and um, his uh, name is Paul Wheatley. Uh, he's a veteran of 20 plus years. Uh, and, and he goes through training specifically for school resource officers. So he'll go do that training before any of the other parts start. Is he a so, cousin of the KSB Wheatleys? That would be something he'll start out. All right. Is he, what? Is he related to the KSB Wheatleys? No. 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 <laughs> He's not. He is not. Okay. All right. So did I kick off karaoke? No. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you, Mike. Uh, really some good things happening there. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, Call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org.
Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.